Okay, and Eowyn is Liv Tyler? No. No. Wait. She's Miranda something. Yeah, that's Arwen. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, God. Welcome to the Bring Your Own Book podcast. I'm Nikki. I'm Kelly. And I'm Tilly. Today, we're continuing on with our Tolkien mini-series by discussing the first half of the Two Towers, or book three, known as The Treason of Isengard. Kelly, do you want to read the little synopsis for us? I sure do. The company (laughs) of the ring is sundered. Frodo and Sam continue their journey alone down the great river Anduin. Alone, that is, save for a mysterious creeping figure that follows wherever they go. Thus continues the classic tale begun in the Fellowship of the Ring, which reaches its awesome climax in The Return of the King. And it says awesome. I didn't just put that in there. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) But do you agree? We don't know yet. I don't know. (laughs) Also, spoiler alert, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff because it doesn't happen in this book. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it happens weird, in the fourth eh? book so before we jump into the discussion we're just gonna catch you guys up on what editions of the book we're all reading i'm reading the 2020 harper collins special editions with artwork by alan lee i'm reading the 2012 paperback edition by mariner books and this was reprinted in 2020 and I'm reading the Methuen Canadian edition of Lord of the Rings that was published in 1971 and I think reprinted in 1973. So I got the old books. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I think the where to start is at the beginning with uh, mm. the death of Boromir. I don't think we yeah. need to take too much time on this because we spent a significant part of the last episode <laughs> just discussing Boromir. Speculating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, he dies. What do you guys really think? Really quick. Yeah. <laughs> really quick. And we don't even see the death itself. Well, we see him die, but we don't see the battle like mm-hmm. we do in the movies. So I think that's just an example of great adaptation by Peter Jackson. He like takes out the action and really kind of enlarges it. Because in the book, you just see the sadness of Aragorn finding Boromir, like dying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I would have liked to see the, the actual event itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. I yeah I I just remember being like what he's not dead yet and then Nikki saying oh yeah he dies right at the beginning and I was like what and then when I read this I'm like okay right at the beginning this is like page two or something yeah (laughs) this poor guy yeah yeah and you I don't think you really see um Pippin and Mary get like scooped up by the Urukai either it just no. like you're told about it later. There was a lot of little flashbacks I found in this one compared to the last one where everything was happening kind of more in a linear timeline. Mm-hmm. I was finding more and more it was like, and then this happened and let me backtrack and like tell you the story of how it happened. Mm-hmm. So just an interesting kind of shift in style here. I think if people were reading this for the first time and they hadn't seen the movies like almost everybody has now, when they go back to Mary and Pippin's first chapter, it would probably be like, when is this going on? Because it kind of just drops you off right back when they get captured. But mm-hmm. there's no specification on, has this been days? Has this, is this yeah. happening at the same time as like the funeral for Boromir? When When is all of this going on? So yeah, I think that would be tricky. Maybe the first 
the first handful of people who read this book way back in the 40s were like, huh, I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of other places you're going to get confused in this book, whether you've seen yes. the movies or not. But yes, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was realizing as I was reading this this time around that I don't think I ever read The Two Towers fully. So I definitely had strong memories of The Fellowship of the Ring having read it. But when I was reading The Two Towers, I think I probably got like a little way through and then got too confused when I was a kid Mm. and just never really went back to it. So obviously I know the story because I've seen the movie so many times, but a lot of the, the ways things were described in the book were unfamiliar to me. So it was all fresh and new. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I keep forgetting what happened in the movie and what didn't, especially this one. So, because I think I've seen the first one the most and then like the ending of the third movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm reading this and I'm, I keep thinking like, this did not happen. Did this happen? No, I don't think so. <laughs> and so that's been interesting for me. And I mean, there's a specific part when they find Gandalf, like when they're like, oh my gosh, you're not dead. Obviously, I remember he was not dead in the movie because that was a huge part. I was like, no, he can't be gone. So that wasn't really a surprise for me. But a lot of the other stuff was because I barely remember the movie. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I actually am. I think I'm enjoying this book more than the first. And I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Unless you really love dirt. (laughs) That's this is where the enjoyment ends. (gasps) I'm going to let you know. Don't tell us. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You might, was, you might enjoy it. I don't particularly love book four. Oh, no. But it is just a lot of Sam and Frodo oh. and Gollum <laughs> walking through dirt to Mordor. I mean, I will say I was surprised reading this book three that there wasn't any Frodo and Sam like sprinkled in like there's yeah. yeah. movies. I think that's a way smarter way of doing it because I was reading along and then I was like, chapter seven is Helm's Deep. What the right? heck? That's like right. almost at the end of the second movie, which yeah. is my favorite part. I saw a tweet somewhere that was like, I wish they could bottle whatever the feeling is when you first watch the Battle of Helm's Deep when you're seven <laughs> years old. <laughs> I feel that in my soul because it like gets me so pumped up and I couldn't believe that it was chapter seven and that was already all happening. Yeah. Helm's Deep is actually one of the biggest changes they made in the movie adaptation. That makes sense because I was a little confused. Yeah. The elves don't go to Helm's Deep. Mm -hmm. Right. And And Peter Jackson doesn't go to the fortress. Peter Jackson added them in because he wanted elves, which is like fair. Yeah. So Haldir essentially takes the place of Urkenbrand in the movie and he comes with his warriors and we see him die on the battlefield in Aragorn's arms. But actually, when Gandalf leaves, and bring someone back. It's Urkenbrand, who is the lord of... Oh... Westfold. What is it? No. Deeping... Yeah. Deeping... Coom. Um, what? So he comes, <laughs> does some stuff, but they took that completely out. Also, Aomir is not banished he's being held prisoner by his father in the book so that's a big difference too but yeah helm's deep was definitely like what 
What Kate, what? I have a question because I was confused in the book at this part. Aomir and Aowyn, I think, mm-hmm. like whoever mm-hmm. the dad is. Who are they again? Because they're just there, and I'm like, join the party, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> so. The dad is Theoden. That's not or their dad. Not that's not their dad, but that's that's the king their uncle. Yeah, who's oh. the lord of Rohan, and he's and the guy who's being controlled by that worm tongue dude. Yeah, Green Worm. That okay. And then his sister's kids. That's why they always he always calls them sister daughter and sister son. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Aowyn <laughs> and Aomir, his niece and nephew. Okay, and Aowyn is Liv Tyler? No. No. Wait. She's Miranda something. Yeah, that's Arwen. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Aowyn is just a regular human lady. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) I thought I was so up to date here. (laughs) Okay. She's barely in the book, and I love her in the movie, so I was like, yeah. At least she gets a little bit more like narration than um arwen does like arwen gets like one sentence and aowen at least gets like you know some like stares with her and aragorn mm-hmm. and also some acknowledgement that she's like a shield maiden yeah. and when they leave she's like in her armor and that's cool and they talk about like mm-hmm. how she's amazing but i'm like but i want to see it tolkien <laughs> come on don't just tell me show it to me <laughs> it was so really nice though that, that everybody like vouched for her to become the lady of rohan though when yeah that was cool when they were going off they're like uh, duh, the obvious choice is Eowyn. Yeah. Duh. I think I cool. missed yeah. that part. <laughs> what? How am I missing like a part a every time? Uh, okay. <laughs> I felt I, so I clear. Real... <sighs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's a lot happening all the once. You can't be expected to remember everything. Um, I had a real Glorfindel moment with Erkenbrand oh. where I was like, what? Who cares? Like, who is this random three-syllable Glorfindel Erkenbrand? Yeah, three-syllable name <laughs> that I don't remember from the movies. I need to keep it cute with Aomer and, like, Eowyn and all that. You yeah. know, I don't need Erkenbrand all these is random people. the most medieval-sounding name in, I think, yeah. the whole series. Mm-hmm. That's the only name that I've heard where I'm like, yes, that sounds straight out of like sir arthur or yeah. king arthur yeah. like <laughs> rumple stilt skin over there like who the hell <laughs> yeah oh my god just another dude i'm like give me more eowyn and just like scrap urkenbrand completely <laughs> i think it was a really smart decision once again peter jackson trying to like inject some more like women in the story mm-hmm. um the choice that he made to have aowen go with them to helm's deep and then you see more of the journey of like leave like leading all the the children and women into the fortress and her kind of like bonding with aragorn and gimli and then being kind of more around she's in the caves i think in the movie but at least she's there rather mm-hmm. than they just leave her at rohan and be like okay goodbye wow <laughs> she looks beautiful and shiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah really Okay, I gotta say, because you brought up Gimli, I freaking love Gimli in this book. I know. I love him so much, and I love Legolas, and I'm sorry, hot take, they need to be together. Legolas and Gimli, they're destined to be together. Nikki, yes. Slow burn. Yes. (laughs) I disagree. Enemies to lovers, slow burn. Yes. Forbidden love. Yes. This is the fan fiction we need. 
everybody keeps saying, this is an odd friendship. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, we really care for each other. And I'm like, yes, I am here for it. I am here for them together. I don't care. People can disagree. This is what I'm reading, okay? <laughs> Nikki right. looks not okay with this. <laughs> I'm just like imagining, you know, every slow burn romance has this passionate sex scene and it's just Legolas mm -hmm. sifting through Gimli's beard being like, where is it? <laughs> That's not how I mean, guys. well, there's many ways to skin a cat, okay? <laughs> so. Oh, no. That's the wrong metaphor in this scenario. This situation. I was trying to say scenario and situation. Let's just focus on Kelly's skin the cat comments, because that's worse. <laughs> there's so uh, many parts I tabbed where I was like, they're meant to be. <laughs> I really loved their, like, um, competition at Helm's Deep about yes. you know how many people how many orcs they'd killed because I remembered that from the movie and I had kind yes. of thought that was just a little sense of humor moment that Peter Jackson had but no it's in the book <laughs> yeah no because the last episode we had I was like is this going to develop more because I thought they were kind of competitive in the movies does that ring true in the books they are competitive in the books and I also think that they love each other so. <laughs> I'm here for it. I like it. Thank you. I'm trying to find the quote I tabbed where I was like, they are meant to be. Because everyone is always talking about how peculiar they are together. And they're always so quick to, like, raise the other one up and defend them. And I just love it. <laughs> it is sweet. Thank you. I did really love their dynamic in this book. But also, but I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm still Aragorn all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to be with either. Well, maybe like Loss, but no, like, no. <laughs> I want them to be together. <laughs> I just mean all of my like love feelings are wrapped up in Aragorn right now. That's so, fair. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't have room in my heart for Gimli and Legolas, but I love that you do. Thank you. I also, I have to say, I had a lot of love reading this um, for the Ents and Treebeard. Yes. Treebeard, sorry. Yes. I freaking loved them. And I mean, I'm listening to the audiobook while I read. And so I had to speed it up a little bit more during those chapters because holy crap, Andy Circus really slows down for the Ents, which makes sense. But I'm like, I have somewhere to be. Okay. So, but they were so much fun. And I loved hearing about all the stories he had to share and all of his wisdom. And I tabbed mm -hmm. so many parts. I loved hearing about how um, orcs are like the dark counterpoint to elves and trolls are the mm -hmm. dark counterpo uh, counterpoint to Ents. And that mm -hmm. like Ents aren't tree people. Cause I think Mary or Pippin are like, oh, you're just like trees. And he's like, no, I'm a shepherd of the trees. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I love this. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. The, the Ents are wonderful. Hurons are more like tree people, I guess. Right. And they don't have any like allegiances. But um, <laughs> Fangorn actually says one of my favorite quotes in like the whole the whole series. And they put this in in the in the movie. Not exactly word for word, but pretty close. Ooh. I'm not altogether on anybody's side because nobody is altogether on my side. If you understand me, nobody cares for the woods as I care for them, not even elves nowadays. And I just think that that's so 
interesting, the conversation. You see a lot of people in books like this be like, I'm on the side of good. And he's more kind of like realistically like, well, I'm going to be on whoever's side is going to help me keep my forest and the other Ents like mm. alive. It's such an ecological statement, too, mm-hmm. that, like, still rings true, even more so in our day and age. The idea of, like, I'm going to keep whoever's going to keep the trees alive and, like, be careful of nature. Yeah. Because that was so much about, you know, Saruman used to talk to us. He used to have time for the Ents and the trees. And then, you know, for the however many years that have gone by, he hasn't had time. And boy, did he pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting. He made kind of just like an offhanded comment. Gandalf is the only wizard that cares for the trees, which I thought was mm-hmm. really interesting because I thought that mm-hmm. the trees would have been more in like Radagast kind of territory yeah, because he's too. like the wizard that um, are, is kind of like around all of the animals. Mm-hmm. You see, Kelly has a confused look. In the Hobbit <laughs> movies, you see him and he has bird shit on his head because he's like, I'm a... Oh. I'm an animal man. Is he the That's brown Radagast. wizard? Yeah, Radagast yeah, the Brown. Radagast the Brown. Oh, was so he I in the Hobbit book or the first book no. of this? He was just mentioned. He wasn't. Yeah, he was mentioned briefly. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I thought that that would have been more of like his kind of bailiwick, if you will. But Ooh, I mean, bailiwick. right? Isn't that fancy? Getting fancy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just thought that that was really weird and interesting. I mean, not that Gandalf yeah. can't care about trees. That's great. But also, it just didn't really like make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of Gandalf's thing, though, or at least what they're making Gandalf's thing be is that he he takes care of the things that people forget about. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole thing about being the only one who knows about the hobbits or yes. like, not knows about them, but like knows their lore and kind of doesn't underestimate them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I really love that about Gandalf that he, yeah, he, he takes care of the things that people forget about. And I think that's why he becomes successful. I think that's why he's kind of sent back to be Gandalf the white, you know, that he's got this like, task that still needs to, to be done and he's the only one who can do it because he's the only one who pays attention the right yeah. way i don't know just a little interpretation i have yeah yeah for sure and how Treebeard adds the hobbits to his what did he call yes. it like the his old songs. tale or something yeah, yeah. i know I oh, that. so cute he's like i haven't heard of you what do you eat and like all this stuff <laughs> right <laughs> When, oh, when they're I like, can. he's like, stand up, we're gonna sleep. And they're like, yeah, we'd rather lay down when we sleep. And he's like, that's really fucking weird. But whatever, you just lay there. Yeah, like, we drank a lot of water, but we could also eat now. <laughs> like, right. I really did love seeing the, those kind of examples of Treebeard's, like, habitat. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in the movies, we get to see the Ents, and they're really, like, cool. The effects are amazing. I really love, like, how they captured kind of their slowness of speech. And I think it's Jonathan Reese davies who does the... who's the same actor who plays Gimli, who I think is also Treebeard's voice in the movies. Am oh, I right about that? Possibly. I think so. Cool. Um, 
And I really love their interpretation of the ends of the movies, but I also really loved getting to see more of like how they lived their everyday lives, mm-hmm. you know, with Treebeard like walking, you know, up to, up those steps to be like in that little sunspot where he likes to think. And then he takes them back to one of his like ent houses and there's this waterfall and that's where he sleeps, like right underneath all these droplets. It was just, it was so beautiful. <laughs> and I was like having so many lovely imagination moments just picturing it. <laughs> Loved yeah, it. I really do uh, love the ends. I love him telling the story of the lost end wives. Yes. And, and they're like, like where did they, they go? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. no, we we went away and then we lost them. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. We just, we can't find them anywhere. <laughs> I desperately want that to be resolved, but I, I think it just never is. I don't think it is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so and then weird. like them getting to the end moot and they talk about mm-hmm. all of the trees. And even though there are trees there that are the same tree, you can tell that they're different and yeah. by their branches. So kind of describing like, we're all three white girls, but you can tell we're not the same white girl. But it sounds a little uh, cooler because he's talking about nature. And also, I always just think about Rush like the song the trees by rush <laughs> when <laughs> kelly you don't know this kind of classic i only know either some, of you i only oh, know some sorry. rush songs and most of them were from a friend who had passed away he loved rush so but i don't know that one so i'm sorry you should listen to it it's very good but basically it's almost like somebody said you're canadian what should you write about and they went uh we have a boreal forest and then they just wrote a whole song about trees and okay. like the trees battling with each other essentially is that anyway. the tom sawyer one no okay <laughs> <laughs> we're getting really off topic here I'll but also in the show i'm notes. so curious about like what <laughs> I will look what it up and put on. it in the show notes. That will be our theme music for this I love episode. It. Perfect. I love it. But anyway, I I really love the end mood. I really love um, Fangorn bringing Quickbeam back to the yeah, Quick Beam, back to the Hobbits cutie. and being like, yeah. he's going to stay with you for a little while. He heard he heard what we had to say, and he very quickly was like, I have made up my mind. Which is yeah. like the end of day one of their three day um, yeah. kind of exploration into are we or are we not going to storm Isengard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I just think is funny in itself. <laughs> it is funny. And Quickbeam was also such a little sweetheart, like just like laughing at everything yeah. and just being like in a really good mood all the time. I a little bit fell in love with Quickbeam. <laughs> Same. He's so cute. I. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Gandalf because I have a question. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, of course. That transition, though. <laughs> you can do some editing magic there. I can only do with what I have. Okay, whatever, Nikki. <laughs> okay, this is my transition. Um <laughs> mm. When Gandalf came back... <laughs> right uh-huh <laughs> like i said earlier i was not surprised i was very happy but i was not surprised like our characters here in this book but i did find the whole story of like his rebirth i guess in a sense very interesting but i also mm-hmm. tabbed when he was talking to um it was legolas legolas and gimli i think specifically 
um, when they when he first revealed that it was him back, um, mm-hmm. and he was like waiting for them to say his name so that he could remember who he was, because mm-hmm. he's like Gandalf. Yes, that was the name. I was Gandalf, and he, then he says, "Yes, you may still call me Gandalf." So I just thought that was so interesting and curious that like. Do they not give themselves their own names, the wizards? Or they're given to them? Or he just didn't remember because he, like, went through this weird time warp thing and was reborn as a white wizard? <laughs> like, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't remember that in the movie. I think they're just like, oh, yeah, it's Gandalf. And he was like, yep, I'm here. <laughs> so That that does that happen in the movie. movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, God. Okay. I gotta the- watch this. <laughs> He when he dies, he goes back to Iluvatar and they're like, Your job isn't done, the gods that is being mm-hmm. they. Um, the children of Iluvatar. Uh they're like, Your job isn't done. So you're getting a promotion. Saruman oh. isn't doing a good enough job. So you're now going to be the white wizard and you are going to be Saruman. So <gasps> when he goes back and he's like, he's like, um, I am basically, in essence, Saruman. Oh, you used to call me Gandalf? That's fine. You can keep calling me that. Because his identity is not tied to a name. His identity is tied to what his purpose is. And his job wasn't finished, so they sent him back to complete the task. Oh, wow. But that isn't really clear in the movie either. I think what we see in the movie is kind of what's described with him, like, battling the Balrog and, like, falling. And Mm -hmm. then kind of, like, there's this lake. And then suddenly they're on top of a mountain. And it was kind of unclear in the movie. So I liked having a few more details about how all that happened Mm -hmm. in the book. And then, yeah, we just kind of get the sense that he's sent back for some reason. But we don't get this whole, like, I would like to have seen this whole scene with the gods of the children of Iluvatar Mm -hmm. or whatever you just said. Because that (laughs) is very clear to me but yes it was not clear to me yeah no it is it is not clear at all unless you have any kind of background knowledge and i think that's one thing that's really interesting to me reading these books again and thinking about like i tried to pinpoint points in each book where i can bring a little bit of the like mythology or like the silmarillion into the episodes to give Mm -hmm. people a little extra something something but it it's really weird to me how much is not delved into. Yeah. yeah. Like we went into uh in the last episode a lot about um the gift that Frodo was given and yeah. like the journey with the star and all that stuff. So I'm just like why there are a lot of opportunities for these facts to be brought <laughs> in instead of maybe describing the planes for yeah. five pages. But, mm-hmm. I mean, no hate on Tolkien. I'm just saying it would be cool, you know? Okay, but yeah. just a little hate on Tolkien <laughs> yes. for a moment. Because I was really f- feeling, in this book especially, why does everything have to have three different names? I we get know! It. Like, we don't need, I don't speak Elvish, so no. I don't need to know the Elvish name and the common tongue name and the name that they call themselves. Like, that, it, it was like everything had so many names. Yeah. It was like reading an old, like, Russian novel where they have their name, but then also their pre-decided nickname, mm-hmm. and you have to know them already. And it's just, that's something where I think he could have cut down just, like, a little bit and maybe added some more of that other context that we might want to know for plot purposes. Yeah, or, like, um, I that's still... That's just my little editor note. 
yeah, I still don't know where Middle Earth is. So that would be helpful. You know what I mean? I had the same thoughts because half of this section, I was like, oh my God, so many things are happening. And I was like, what? This is so crazy. And then the other half, I was like, did anything happen in this chapter? Like so much description. And I'm like, people are going to hate me because I'm just like, oh my God, like something happened. But (laughs) that was like my two different modes because I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff. At one point at the end of a chapter, they mentioned that the wine or something was from 1417 or 1471. They're in the 1400s? Of what time? Not of Jesus's time, not of our time, right? I'm so confused. It was the long bottom leaf, I think. <laughs> it was like that when they found it at Isengard. Is that what it was? I have no idea. Okay. I think so, because I just read it earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> or Let maybe me see. <laughs> Let me see. I can't remember what year they're in, but they're in the third age. <sighs> so there's been essentially two other major shifts in the world and they've come upon the third the third age of Arda or of Earth okay I found the sentence I don't know what it was about oh was there a date on the barrels yes said Pippin it was the 1417 crop that is last year's no the year before of course now a good year yeah, that was the long bottom leaf. The tobacco. Or the pipe oh, weed. Oh, yes, the pipe weed. <laughs> <laughs> Old Toby, they call it. <laughs> I'm just saying, Tolkien, I'm glad. But again, too many, yes, too many different names. I'm glad That's you had all of this info plotted out for yourself. But I don't know anything that's happening. I mean, I know some of it. And then we talk and I'm like, haha, I'm ready. I am so prepared. I read this. I tabbed. And then Nikki's like, yeah, remember this part with this person? And I'm like, who? <laughs> so lost. But isn't that kind of the beauty of it? That there's so much for us to discover. Like there's still, there's always more to learn. One can never know everything about the Tolkien universe. Exactly. Yeah. I just feel so dumb sometimes. Like I felt so good leading up to this recording. Thanks. (laughs) But I was like, I was like, I feel so prepared. I finished this early. I am liking it. And now I'm still like, oh no, what just happened? Who is this? Where are they? You haven't like failed or anything because it's not a test. We're not testing to see how much you know. Please don't. It's still you. You still liked the book and you liked your experience. You have things to talk about. I think that means you're doing great. Thank you. (laughs) Half of this mini series is me being like, help. Well, and that's good because okay. maybe some of our audience is like in the same boat, hasn't read this the stories and isn't familiar with them. Maybe they'll have the same questions as you do. So I think it's I think it's all great content. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> do we want to have a little existential uh, crisis for a second? Oh, yeah, always. <laughs> well, want to? I don't know. Am I ongoing? Yes. <laughs> well, we're gonna have one revolving around this book. At least I'm having one revolving around this book. Oh, my God. Um, what are the two towers? Oh, I have an answer. Uh, uh, the Saur- Sauron's tower and Saruman's tower. That's my that's my answer. So but now Orthanc I'm and Barandur. Sure. That's what you yeah. think. That's what I think too. But Uh-oh. there, there's also like Minas Tirith. We don't actually oh, see yeah. Barandur. 
in this book. I don't think maybe you see it like from a distance. And there's like a lot of other places with towers. But then also I was like kind of reading about this before. This wasn't supposed to be a book, like its own book. So was it just like a cop-out name? And everybody is just freaking out and they're, it isn't really like there aren't really like the two towers at all. Or I think of it. Okay. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry. Is it a metaphor? Are the towers really Gandalf and Saruman? Ooh, (laughs) that's just me throwing in a bullshit. I thought you were going to say Gimli and Legolas's penises. (laughs) And I was like, no, no, no. Well, that well, could then be the you name missed of your an fan <laughs> and the subtitle. Perfect, we got it figured out. Um, no, what I was going to say about the two towers, and the reason that I think it's about Orthanc and Baradur, even though we may not see Baradur, is that so much of it is about the relationship between them. Right? It's like that Sauron was like tainted by Sauron through the Palantir, and that that's why he became kind of evil. So, so much I think of the first half of the two towers is trying to figure out what's going on with Sauron and like the kind of competition between his orcs trying to get the ring and Sauron's orcs trying to get the ring. So that makes sense to me that it's those two towers who are kind of in in cahoots, but also in competition with each other. That's mm. my reasoning. Makes sense to me. But it is unclear and there are lots of towers. So I think it could be one of those whatever you think it is. Yeah, it is unclear because I was... Uh, uh, as soon as you said Orthanc and Baradur, I was like, wait a sec. Because I remember reading those names and being like, is Orthanc where they are? No, they're in Isengard. Okay, so where Orthanc are they? is the tower in Isengard. So it's the name yes. of the literal structure. The structure Correct. is Orthanc. Okay. And what the hell is Baradur? Because then I was like, that must it's be another the place. Baradur is like the tower with the eye that you see. In Mordor. Okay, in Mordor. yes. And the Palantir is that rock thing that they like see the eye in or like Pippin it's picks a, it up. It's a crystal ball, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So another question <laughs> from this discussion, because now I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. So, I thought it was no, going to be okay. fun. It was going to be fun. <laughs> Just a fun little existential <laughs> crisis, you know, one of those. Yeah. So, okay, wait, I thought Saruman... Just yeah, I thought Saruman was working with Sauron, not against him to get the ring. Or is he, like, trying well, to double agent him? I well, think I a think little. everybody oh. is kind of in that position. Okay. They're all working with Sauron. But if you were working for this all-powerful person to help him get this ring... And then you got your hands on the ring. Wouldn't you be like, oh, great. Now I can be the all powerful person. (laughs) So I think that it's kind of like that for everybody that's under his power. It's uh, but yeah, I don't think that he's like actively being Mm. like, I'm going to get it and it's going to be me. I don't think that that's (laughs) like. I think it happens a little bit when they steal Pippin and Mary, because there's the Urukai mm. who are Sa- Saruman's orcs, and then there's Mordor orcs, and they have a fight between the two, like you know, cohorts of orcs mm-hmm. about who's gonna have, who's gonna take the hobbits where, and so then 
because the riders of Rohan come in and slaughter them all anyway, neither Saruman nor Sauron end up knowing who's got the ring and who's got the hobbits. Mm. That's what I took from it, is that they were kind of, the orcs themselves were, like, fighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, not Saruman himself. Sure. Mm. Right. Okay. But But yeah, we do see that very clearly, that they're like, well, let's, like, give them a little search down for the stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, good on them. They have them. They might as well look, right? But... Mm -hmm fucking gross (laughs) yeah super gross they were so gross and i gotta say andy circus's voice for the orcs was the the voices were amazing i was like oh my god so scary and like like it was all gravelly and gross and i could just see it i always think of the movie my one of our favorite my partner and i our favorite one of our favorite lines that we always say is like meat's back on the menu boys (laughs) <laughs> and then everyone yells. And I, I was really hoping that that would be in the book. And it sure was not. But um, <laughs> it made me laugh just thinking about that moment. <laughs> Meets back on the menu, boys. Yeah, it's like the, they, they kind of are fighting with the orcs. And they're trying to decide, you know, can we eat like just a little nibble of a hobbit oh. leg? And the other orcs are like, no, we got to keep them for our master. And then they get in a fight. And then one of the orcs is dead. And then all the orcs are just like, pause for a moment. And they're all like. Wait a minute, we can eat that orc. Now we get meat again. Oh, Huzzah. Yeah, that could be a line between Legloss and Gimli. Meat's back on the <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> not in a okay, not not a line from the orcs, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe take a line from Arwen and Aragorn, but not from the orcs. <laughs> hey, I don't oh, know. Their I was gonna lives. be like okay. they could use like a hobbit line and be like, I could have you for eleven Z's. <laughs> There we go. Second breakfast. <laughs> Why am I participating in this? I'm against. Yeah, you just said you hated this. Bo- I do I hate it. Boil a mash of stew. What does that oh even mean? It's potatoes. Oh. No, I mean if like lots of kimchi. Anyway, Why would they say nothing that good. <laughs> I don't know. Genitals are not food. <laughs> And also shouldn't be boiled or mashed. <laughs> yeah, or stuck in a stew. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I'm not going to yuck someone's yum. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You know Anyways. <laughs> Moving Jesus. right along. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this book, book three, um, was the chapter entitled The Voice of Saruman. That mm. chapter as the kids say, was a bop, okay? <laughs> it was so good. I ate it up. I I tabbed so many things. I even wrote, yes, bitch, on the side for one of Gandalf's, like, speeches. <laughs> it was so good. And I don't remember this at all in the movie. Like, I know it that... It didn't happen in the movie. Yes, because I know that he and Saruman faced off at some point and had, like, a duel of sorts, but they did not go and talk with um, Aragorn and Gimli and all of them and Theodorn. And I was like, I freaking love this part. Oh, my God. So many good parts. And Saruman being, like, um, very much in the manner of Gandalf the Grey, so condescending and so very kind. And then Gandalf's like, um, bitch, maybe you forgot or didn't notice, but I'm Gandalf the White now. He didn't say it like that. <laughs> I paraphrased. But... <laughs> oh, you think? Yes. 
<laughs> but it was so good. And I loved like the uh, description of Saruman's voice being very like musical and lyrical and um, enchanting at first. And then as the discussion goes on, like it gets more gravelly and then he like loses his lid and he's like, how dare you? And then he tries to get back that power, you know? And it was just so good. And Gandalf being like, I don't want mastery. He wants mastery. Um, often does hatred hurt itself. Like so many good lines in this chapter. And I wish this th- that part was in the movie, honestly, because it was so good. I understand why it wasn't, but I just, that chapter was amazing for me. And that's why when when you were like, I need to catch up, Tilly. I was like, the oh, end yeah. of this section is so good. Like the last two chapters, I was I was all in. I could not be distracted. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that chapter too, especially because I always thought in the movie the bit with Saruman kind of ended a little anticlimactically. Like you got the great fight with the Ents kind of destroying Isengard and just like fucking it up. And then at the end, I think you just kind of have Grima, Wormtongue, and Saruman just like up in the tower and they're like shouting down to Gandalf. And then I think maybe Saruman falls out of the tower or something, but it's nowhere near as kind of um, dynamic as this scene was with all the conversation and all the like trying to, you know, um, trying to get everyone else on Saruman's side. Like he was using a bit of like wizardry there. And then the great final line with the Ents being like, oh, don't worry about it. He won't come down. We'll stand here and watch him until seven times the number of years that he has like forgotten about us or something. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I need to read this line because I was like, oh, there were so many good lines from Gandalf during this whole exchange. But when Saruman is first like, come on, Gandalf, you should like join me, you know, the typical like evil villain speech, like join me, we could have so much power, you know, all that stuff. Right. (laughs) Gandalf, first of all, he laughs at him and he's like, you should have been the king's jester, which I was like, oh, shit, you know, like shots fired. But later on. Later on in that same section, he's like, when last I visited you, you were the jailer of Mordor, and there I was to be sent. Nay, the guest who has escaped from the roof will think twice before he comes back in by the door. Nay, I do not think I will come up. How Shakespearean is that? Oh, very much. My God. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? No, but I do bite my thumb. You know, like, oh, God, I'm ready. (laughs) I love it. It was so good. Oh. oh my gosh. But apparently, according to Nikki, the second half of this book, or book four of, in the book two, in second book, is going to be all about dirt. It's not about dirt, <laughs> but... I do remember in the movie being kind of least interested in what's happening with Frodo and Sam at this point, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's just more of the same. It's more of the the walking mm-hmm. and the like moaning about the ring. And then, you know, at least there's like new stuff with Gollum happening, I assume. And yeah. that there's some interesting stuff in, in, I think more in Return of the King, mm-hmm. but it just, it is a lot. The spider yeah, I mean, is about to show up. Ugh. We will get, get to meet Famir, which is Boromir's brother. Oh, yes. He was cute. Yes, I fucking hate that they're called that. 
Oh, those I elephant know. things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How I thought did you those... know what they were called? <laughs> the word is so different. <laughs> I thought for some reason they were in Helm's Deep, but then I didn't see any mention of elephant things, so I was like, huh. I think they're not until the last battle with the... Yeah, with all the, like, evil men. And that yeah. big that big suit of armor guy? Right? Who lose... Oh, wait, No. That's the very beginning. That's Sauron, right? He loses a finger. Yes. Yeah. L-O-L. <laughs> well, what I'm really hearing from this, Kelly, is that what you need is a Lord of the Rings marathon. Yes! And you know who's, happy, who's happy to provide that experience for you? Nikki and I. Yeah. I don't know about you, Nikki. I could watch those movies every day for the rest of my life. Me too. And I would still get pumped up at Helm's Deep and just like, just love it. I might have and to watch know? it every day to, re- to remember these things. <laughs> Every time I watch The Two Towers, even if I'm by myself, when Viggo Mortensen kicks the helmet, I go, he broke his toe then. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I'm alone, I still have to say it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember while I read. I'm like, does Aragorn die? And I'm like, I don't remember. I think he does. And I don't want him to. I'm like, oh He does eventually, but... Well, I'm assuming what I mean in the book. <laughs> That's really interesting that you are having that quandary. I think I know why. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. That's a later problem. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I just got like a as Tilly would say, a frisson of nerves. Yes. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Already. Gotta do that lip pop. <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked it up, but it was truly a sight to behold, everyone. <laughs> oh, just um, one more piece of evidence for my Legolas and Gimli ship, okay, before it sets okay. sail. I literally put two hearts beside this, and I tapped it. <laughs> so, you move... Oh, wait, I gotta read this dramatically, okay? Like, I'm trying to woo oh, it's so him. so different from your normal reading. <laughs> Yes, okay. You move me, Gimli, said Legolas. I have never heard you speak like this before. Almost you make me regret that I have not seen these caves. Come, let us make this bargain. If we both return safe out of the perils that await us, we will journey for a while together. You shall visit Fangorn with me, and then I will come with you to see Helm's Deep. And then Gimli says... That would not be the way of return that I should choose. But I will endure, Fangorn, if I have your promise to come back to the caves and share their wonder with me. And then, like Law says, you have my promise. (laughs) Wow. Throughout that whole thing, (laughs) listeners, my face was growing more and more excited because I was feeling more and more convinced. And Nikki was just like, just sinking more and more into a frown of disgust. Yep. (laughs) That about sums it up. (laughs) And on that note, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of our J.R.R. Tolkien miniseries. Join us next Thursday for the conclusion of The Two Towers. If you like this episode and want to see more from us, please head over to our Instagram at Podcast to keep up with what we're doing and our TikTok at BringYourOwnBookPodcast to see some more funny bookish content. So whether you listen to this episode during Elevensies, luncheon, or your afternoon tea, we hope you had a great time. Cheers! Cheers.